Hi, I'm Samantha. Hi, I'm Sarah. And, and we, we are, are the, the Doom, Doom Crew. Damn you. Hi, nerds. Welcome to Killer Couples, Volume 3. This week, I'll be sharing the story of Christine Paolia and Chris Snyder. And I will be discussing Christine and Jeremy Moody. All right. Uh, trigger warnings for this episode include crime scene description, brutalization description. These are going to be skippable parts. I'll give you a warning and a rough estimation of how far to skip because they are pretty detailed. Okay, I'm going to go first this week. Christine Paolia was born on March 31st, 1986 to Lori and Charles Paolia. They lived in Long Island. Her father was a construction worker, and her mother was a full-time housewife. Christine was only two years old when her father passed away. Shortly after, her grandfather and grandmother also passed away. At the age of seven, Christine went to go live with her remaining grandparents in Texas. Christine had alopecia and began wearing wigs at a young age. Her self-confidence was lacking during her childhood. Kids made fun of her a lot. Yeah. She attended Clear Lake High School in Houston, Texas, where she befriended a couple of girls who helped her fit in at school. They showed her how to do makeup, how to style her wigs, and how to make friends. Their names were Rachel Coloradus and Tiffany Rowell. Later, their classmates would vote Christine Miss Irresistible in 2003. Oh, Yeah. Don't all just yet. Okie dokie. Just mon- kidding. <laughs> she's a monster. So Christine and Chris, the other person in this story, met in 2003 when Christine was 17 and Chris was 21. Christine's mother and stepfather both disapproved of Chris since he was a frequent drug user and had an extensive criminal record. Oh, great. Yeah, not exactly... Um, the type of person you want your 17-year-old daughter hanging out with. Christine started experimenting with drugs soon after starting their relationship. Christine's mother would later recall that Chris isolated Christine from her family and friends. She called their relationship dysfunctional and abusive. Chris's family was not any happier that the pair were together. They said that Christine was incredibly jealous And they recalled that one night after a big fight, Christine slept on their front lawn and threatened to kill the family. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Little too much, ma'am. Little too much. Just, Just a skosh. On July 18th, 2003, Chris and Christine went to Tiffany's house. Um, One of the girls who had befriended Christine when she got to school. Um, Tiffany was there with their other friend, Rachel. And then Tiffany's boyfriend, Marcus... Priscilla and Marcus's cousin Adalbert Sanchez. Um, they were all there at the house, and um, Christine and Chris were there to buy drugs. An argument developed between Chris and Marcus, and then the couple shot and killed everyone in the home. Oh my God! Yeah. How many people was that again in total? Four. Okay. Yeah. That's chill. Tiffany and Rachel were just 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Marcus was 19 and Adalbert was 21. The next part is fairly descriptive. So if you would like to avoid hearing those details, you can fast forward. 
I would guess about 45 seconds to get you past the descriptions. Okay, neighbors reported to police that they had heard noises around 3.15 to 3.30 p.m. When the crime scene was discovered later that evening, they found that Tiffany was shot seven times throughout her body, including her head and her face. Her boyfriend, Marcus, died from wounds to his head, his right arm, and abdomen. Rachel died from blunt force trauma to her head, and she also had gunshot wounds on her lower abdomen and lower extremities. I did see websites that said that she had wounds to her vaginal area. Like, she was shot there. Oh. Yeah. Um, Adalbert was shot six times, including in the arm, shoulder, neck, torso, and head. Jesus Christ. So... They were discovered the same day that this happened, just a few hours later. This case went unsolved for three years. In July of 2006, after receiving an anonymous tip via Crime Stoppers, police arrested Christina inside a San Antonio, Texas hotel room. She was living there with her then-husband, Stanley Justin Rott. Now, he went by just Justin, so that's what I'm going to call him for the rest of... So they were found with dozens and dozens of vials of heroin and hadn't left the hotel room in upwards of eight months. Oh my, ew. Ew, correct. Christine initially denied involvement with the deaths, but in Justin's interrogation, he told them that Christine had confessed the whole thing. She'd been an active participant in the murders. Before he could be successfully tracked down, Chris Snyder took his own life in Greenville, South Carolina. There is basically zero detail on Chris Snyder on the internet. I have looked him up on tons of different sites. There's nothing about him. This entire case centers around Christina. Um, but he was absolutely there and absolutely participated. Okay. Okay. So, awesome. Yeah. Christine's husband, Justin, testified at trial to calling in a tip to Crime Stoppers about the incident after his wife told him of the events. He said that they'd met at a drug treatment center in Kerrville in roughly November 2004. So this was over a year after the murders, like almost a year and a half later, she meets this guy. And then within four months, they got married. Of course they did. Yeah. So... While they were dating, Christine had shared with him that she'd been involved in an incident with her former boyfriend where four people had died. She stressed to him that their intention was only to steal some drugs and money, just not to hurt anyone. Christine told Justin that just before entering the house, Chris Snyder had given her a gun which she carried in her purse. There were two different weapons that were used um, at the crime scene. I'm sorry, I did not write down the type of guns, but there were two different ones. According to Justin, Christine said that they were invited into Tiffany's home, where they eventually started shooting her friends. After leaving the house, Chris told Christine that she needed to make sure that they were really dead. This is the second part that is really graphic, so if you want to skip ahead about 15 seconds, Christine returned to the home and found Rachel choking on her own blood. Christine admitted to Justin that she beat Rachel with the butt of her gun until she died. Okay. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even, this couple, like, I can't, I got lots of feels and no words. 
Yeah. Like, did, what the fuck? Seriously. Seriously. Like, these so were the, her friends. Like, her two best friends. Yeah, they literally were... They were just girls at school who wanted to be friends with her. They did. They were all... It seemed like good truly friends. good friends. Yeah. Like, what kind of psychopath are you? Lots of feels. No. Little words. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Christine was convicted on all four counts of capital murder on October 13th, 2008. The next day, she was sentenced to life in prison. She wasn't up for the death penalty because she had been a minor at the time of the murders. She is still incarcerated at the Mountain View Unit in Gatesville, Texas, and will be eligible for parole in 2046. I think never. That's my opinion. That would be ideal. But yeah, that's Christine, Paulia, and Chris Snyder. Okay. Who were horrendous humans. Yeah, I... Just, what the fuck? It was so messed up. When I saw this and started, like, reading the details, I was super shocked. It It's a shorter story. There's, like, not as much details, but it was truly just, like, one incident and done. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's, like, nothing on Chris. I also tried looking up the victims individually. It, it was tough to find things about them. I mean, we weren't as online back then, so that does make sense but um yeah i really struggled to find that type of info but felt like it still really fit the bill this month yeah sure did fucked up couples so it was her husband who called the crime stoppers originally yes so i saw on wikipedia it said that he like it was later disproven that that wasn't him however that's in the court documents. In the court documents, it says he was on the stand and admitted he was the one who called Crime Stoppers. So, court says it happened. I say it happened. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Are you ready? Here's my case. Christine Moody was born in California in 1977. She had a rough childhood. She was physically abused. Due to the abuse, she had a hard time trusting and couldn't make any friends at school. Wow, did we research the same person? Uh, it's real close. They're it's, both even named Christine. I know. Creepy. After leaving home, she went out more and tried to meet more people. At the age of 23, she met her first boyfriend. They dated for a few years, and then he proposed. Christine said yes. The couple got married when she was just 25 years old, and they moved to Colorado. Uh, shortly after Colorado, her husband started to become physically abusive. Christine got an immense amount of courage and left the douchebag and moved back to California. Good for her. Yeah. So, I mean, I know she's going to do some bad things too, but. Yeah, but at least she did that. At this time, she was now in her early 30s and she felt she was free to live her life how she saw fit. Christine was still feeling pretty lonely though, so she started online dating at the age of 32. One nice looking fella named Jeremy Moody, caught her attention. They started talking online, then the phone, until they finally met in person. Jeremy was 27 years old and from South Carolina. He grew up in Union County with his mother, who was a homemaker, and his father, who was a preacher. He went to church and occasionally taught Bible study classes on Sundays. 
Even with 2,000 miles separating them, they would talk for hours online and over the phone. They described what they had as a very deep connection. Hmm. So they decided to meet in person. Jeremy drove from South Carolina over to California. Uh, When they first met in the flesh, their physical connection was more than they were expecting. Oh my God, why'd you say it that way? Because it was. In the flesh. Well, after the first meeting, they didn't leave the bedroom for days. I mean, how bad is it that I'm jealous? (laughs) (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I'm like... Listen, I guess they're really, really bad people, but Jesus Christ. Guess so. Um, Girl's trying. They- <laughs> so the couple opened up about everything. While they were spending time together those days in the bedroom, they were also I'm Sure, they were talking a ton. They were also talking, yes, actually. So Christine confided she wanted someone she could trust, and Jeremy was that man. They're... Deep, late-night conversations included everything, even their deepest secrets. Um, Christine opened up that she was continuously molested as a child by a family friend from the age of two until she was a teenager. Oh, my God. And Jeremy confessed his grandfather had sexually molested him multiple times as well. It was really horrible. So... Like, really bad. Being open like this just deepened their connection, and they were convinced they were soulmates. When they met, it was in early 2009, and then a couple months later, they were married. Uh, Jeremy asked Christine to move with him from California to South Carolina so that he could be with his family, and she had no problem doing that. She wasn't happy in California anyways. There was nothing good keeping her there. They took off together. The couple moved in with Jeremy's parents to save money, and it worked out pretty well. Hot. Yep. Uh, Christine began following around his mother and learning how to be a homemaker. And Jeremy worked some odd jobs. Everything was working out wonderfully when suddenly tragedy struck. Christine was diagnosed with breast cancer and she had to have a double mastectomy. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, the cancer seemed to actually strengthen their bond as a couple, though. He, Jeremy stated he admired Christine. He felt that she was extremely strong and beautiful through this process. After a year of treatment, the cancer went into remission. And the couple felt nothing could stop them as long as they were together. I just, I, I just wish that, um, our listeners could see my face right now. Yeah. You look thrilled. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thrilled. Gotta go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, nothing could stop them when they were together. So they decided to live life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. They became even more involved in their church and did what they believed best for them. Now, there was a part of the couple's lifestyle that didn't quite match up with their holier-than-thou persona. Is it BDSM shit? No. Oh. On their Facebook, it showed that the two were members of a group called Crew 41. (gasps) Oh, no. The organization is a sect of a white power group. Crew 41 exists almost entirely online. Jeremy and Chris... What? Pause. Bitch, I forgot we watched this show, and I'm sitting here going, (laughs) what the fuck? What? Wait, I just, I swear to God, I fucking heard, if we leave this in, y'all, we watched this together. Samantha's killing it, y'all. And I'm sitting here going, God, this is so fucked up, and then I'm like, God, this is so familiar. What is going on? Like, 
you were was this a story I was gonna do you were zoning out during I what I was researching my case while you were watching this yes so I only Um, heard parts you're killing it holy shit all right. Well, I'm on board now. Because okay. as soon as she said Crew 41, I was like, no, I know what yeah. it is. It was that horrible show. Yeah, it was Sorry. bad. Okay. As I was saying, Crew 41 exists almost entirely online. Jeremy and Christine were active participants in the group on Facebook. They seemed to make up the entire South Carolina chapter of Crew 41. So I guess that's good. The group itself had only started back on June 8th, 2013. And this was, they joined shortly after that. Um, But it was founded by a gentleman named Jonathan Schmidt. Christine posted on her personal Facebook page, thanking the gang for accepting their membership, stating, Special thanks to Crew 41 for welcoming Jeremy and I with such open arms. May the 14 words live on forever, 841. So, I'll explain what that means, because I had no fucking idea. Yeah, I was like, the fuck is that? Yeah, so, the 14 words are a famous white supremacist catchphrase. It means, we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. Ugh. Yep. The eight represents the eighth letter in the alphabet, H, which is presumed to stand for hail. Like, you know. Oh. Uh, the 41 is... In neo-Nazi code stands for the fourth and first letter of the alphabet, DNA, which stands for the other name for Crew 41, which is Die Osserwalten, which means in German, the chosen few. Gross. Altogether, hail Die Osserwalten, the chosen few. Disgusting. Yep. Uh, Christine calls herself a veteran skinbird. The couple both have an immense amount of tattoos that show their true fucked upness jeremy has skinhead tattooed on his throat Gross. and christine's name on the back of his damn head like a dumb fuck um it's so much and then christine has a stupid bird tattooed on her hand for the you know they're a lovely couple anyways let's continue i christine was working actively to try and recruit more members in south carolina she wrote in Crew 41's Facebook page, Looks like I might have a good potential prospect. Things are looking up. 841. Ooh. So, remember Jonathan Schmidt? Yeah, John yes. Smith with the raccoon and Pocahontas. Got it. So, he wrote on in the Facebook page, People who are rocking the patches or call themselves white nationalists but not doing anything to further their race are really just wasting time and really making the movement look terrible. He stated, so let's just say this. Either start living the 14-88-9, 88 stands for Hail Hitler, or just get the fuck out and go join the punk scene or something. I am not against old school skinhead traditions or any of it, but there is a difference. A lot of guys say they are white nationalists, but they have never done anything to help our race forward. Whoa. What the fuck? He's just a giant scumbag. What? Yeah. Um, he said you know what's so fucking scary is there's people out here that, like, think this? Truly think this. Yes. Like, th- th- this sounds logical and... Th- Fuck you if you think that. I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so... Um, 
Yeah, he wrote that on May 30th, um, 2013. He's just such a gentleman. All right, well, now that we've talked about them a little, Mm -hmm. I'm going to move on to another couple. So now I'll tell you about Gretchen and Charles Butch Parker. He goes by Butch, so that's what I'll call him from here on out. Mm -hmm. Um, At first glance, they were model citizens. They were quiet Butch worked on cars for residents of Union City in their front yard. Uh, The couple had moved from North Carolina to Union City and just minded their own damn business. Okay. Okay. The couple moved from North Carolina to South Carolina because Butch had a sordid history in North Carolina. In 1991, Butch was arrested for molestation of a child, and in 2003, he was arrested for sexually molesting a handicapped woman. God. So the sheriff claimed that Butch was trying to change. He registered as a sex offender every year and followed the expectations placed on him by the sheriff's office and never caused any further issues when he moved to North Carolina. Still did the things. Yeah. So on July 22nd, 2013, a neighbor went over to Butch's home to get some help on his car. But when he pulled up, he saw the front door was open. The couple wasn't answering the door, but the dogs were barking nonstop. The neighbor went into the home and saw the bodies of Gretchen and Butch in their living room being guarded by their dogs. That's fucking so sad. I know. He ran outside and called the police right away. The police came out and found the couple dead on their couch. Butch was 59 and Gretchen was 51. They were both found shot and stabbed multiple times. The Parkers had multiple surveillance cameras on the outside of their home. So the police immediately pulled the footage, uh, but it was uber shitty quality video, like yeah. real, real bad. Yeah. Um, but what they were able to see is a vehicle pulled up on the property. They popped the hood. A male and a female got out of the car and seemed to need assistance. They then saw the couple walk up to the home with Gretchen and Butch. The man was holding a gun in his hand and the woman had her hand concealed behind her back. Even though the quality was trash, they still had audio. Mm. So the audio picked up both Gretchen and Butch pleading they had no money. The man in the video responded, I'm not here to rob you. I'm here to kill you because you're a child molester. Mm. Police couldn't fucking identify who the individuals were by the voice or by the image because it was so fucking shitty. Yeah. Even though it was a small town. Like, they just could not tell who it was. But they neighboring town had the ability to enhance the video so they shipped it over Ooh. and enhancements were done in the small town they were able to state that it was jeremy and christine moody as the couple outside the parker's home wow so they were arrested obviously when they were arrested jeremy moody stated he would talk only to one detective jermaine smith an african-american detective at the precinct He stated he didn't respect African-Americans in general, but he wanted to sit down with Jermaine because Jermaine never judged him. You're fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I I hate hate this this man. man. (laughs) (laughs) All the fucking time. I know. At least we're getting on recording now that we say the same things. Yeah. Okay. Jermaine had met Jeremy previously when he was investigating the Crew 41, trying to get more information on the gang since they were so new. He needed to dig Mm -hmm. into it, obviously. Jeremy informed the detective, Crew 41 didn't only have a problem with black people, they also couldn't stand Jews as well as sexual predators. Oh my god. 
He told the detective that both Christine and Jeremy were sexually assaulted as children. They decided shortly after their marriage they were going to rid the world of child molesters and they would start in their own hometown. Butch was picked by random. Jeremy stated they went to church on Sunday, July 21st, and once the service was over, they went to Parker's residence with the intention to kill Butch Parker. Jeremy said to get the couple moving towards their home. He asked if he could use their phone, but once they got up to the door, he pulled his gun. Jeremy said he shot them both and thought they were both still alive, so Christine took over. She slit Gretchen's throat because she was still moving, and she stabbed Butch just to make sure he was really dead. My God. Jeremy also gave Jermaine names and locations of others he claimed to have killed. He said there were four other murders that occurred because of racial hatred and personal vendettas that he had. So the police followed up on Jeremy's claims and found nothing of substance. They went to the locations and they were not able to substantiate any information. But you have to remember, Jeremy wanted to be a serial killer and he wanted to go down in fucking history. Why? Why is that a goal? Like He had I, Skin's head tattooed on his throat. His goals were not yeah, great. That's fair. So everyone's goals are different. I should stop being so fucking judgy. <laughs> okay. We're allowed to judge this motherfucker. Anyways. I mean, obviously, like I said, him wanting to go down in history as a serial killer is why the police think that he just made up those bullshit murders. Um, the deputies asked Jeremy why he killed Gretchen, and he stated she was a casualty of war. The couple was planning to add more people and or victims to their quote-unquote hit list. They already had their second victim picked out. Their plan was to murder him the following Wednesday. Of course, that was before they were fucking arrested. Yeah. Kind of threw a wrench in their plans. Huh? A little bit. So originally, Christine denied everything. She said Jeremy did everything and she was just there. Then Jeremy became an overnight sensation and Christine's psycho ass got jealous of his attention. No. Yeah. So she called the detectives back and gave a new statement admitting all of her actions. Christine told TV reporters that Charles Parker was a pedophile and a demon. In court, the couple first acted as though they were sorry and apologized for their actions. They asked the judge for a 30-year sentence so they could grow old together. The judge, Lee Alford, You think you get anything? You think you get something. That you get a choice. Uh, yeah. So. You want a reward? The judge. No. Said, fuck you guys. Um, Good. No. He's, what he actually said is sentencing is not easy for the court, but justice has to be done in this case. The attorneys have done an excellent job. The defendants have been smiling at each other in court. She was not a follower. They acted in concert. They brutally murdered these two people. Yeah. I believe that if these two got out, it's to be concerned that they would kill other innocent people. Yeah. So they were sentenced to two consecutive life sentences for murder and a life sentence for burglary and a five-year for burglary, all concurrent. They were not sentenced for kidnapping because of the murder conviction and the sentence. All right. After the sentencing, the couple smiled and kissed each other. That's so sick. Jeremy Moody yelled that the sentence was unfair. On what grounds? 
Child molesters do not deserve to live, he said. They got exactly what they deserved. If I had to do it over again, I'd kill more. He then yelled, see you perverts later. That's what child molesters get at the murder victim's family as he left the court. Wow. And as Christine was leaving the court, she yelled, my lawyer made me say that I repented. It was a lie. And then she said about the victim's families, may they die also. (gasps) What the fuck? What is wrong with people? I don't know. I'm not done yet either. Oh my God. Well, this is, this is the end. Um, Jeremy told the reporters that if I had to do it over again, I'd kill more. Christine told reporters, I think Jeremy and I would have done it again if given the opportunity. I have no regrets. Killing that pedophile was the best day of my life. I don't have words. What the... Okay, we're one-upping each other each week, and we gotta cool it. (laughs) (laughs) This is (laughs) fucked up. Holy shit. Obviously, not a huge fan of Butch being a child molester and assaulting a handicapped woman. Fuck you, bro. Yeah, obviously that's horrible. But also... Who the fuck are you? You to- can't just go around murdering people. Yeah, That's and not his how innocent the world wife, works. She was a casualty Correct. of war. What war? Your war? Sir, you don't have war. Yeah, you are a neo Nazi from South Carolina. Calm your tits, Mr. Skinhead. I can't even. Yeah, dude. So, that's the case of Christine and Jeremy Moody. May they both fuck each other in hell. I was just going to go with Rot. I hope they never see each other again. I hope their souls never meet in any other lifetimes. I just can't believe that they smiled and kissed each other. Correct. Their like, souls you can see the separated video. forever. No. I'm sorry. You're picking people off the sex offender list. People go on there for, like, public urination. If you pee near a park, even if it's in the middle of the night, you can get arrested. Yeah. And then you have to go on the sex offender list. Yeah. So, what if y'all are just killing people, pissing outside? Everyone's been there. I mean, I... Hopefully pe- not in a park, but, like... I peed outside. Same. I mean, I was camping. (laughs) I was not. I think that's the only time. I was drunk. I don't think I've ever peed outside while drunk. Really? I don't. I peed my pants (laughs) while drunk (laughs) at a gas station because I couldn't find the bathroom. Oh no! It was right after I had my son too. It was really embarrassing. BJ laughed his fucking ass off. Anyways, asshole. Well, yeah. Then I came out to the car and had. To basically get naked. And I was like, motherfucker, you better drive the speed limit because if we get pulled over, I'm going to get like indecency or some shit. <laughs> it was just, it was a rough go. Yeah, it sounds like it. It wasn't great. Anyways. Anyways. Oh my God. That was horrible. Yeah. Thank you. You did a great job, but that was horrible. Well, I appreciate your feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go get a drink and come back? Yes, please. God. Okay. All right, welcome back from the break. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up kind of right off the bat is I know in this episode I had like lots of trigger warnings and it's something that I've been kind of struggling with the last few weeks is like what should I include as a trigger warning? What should I not? Um, and I think instead of like taking my time during the podcast to like read each individual thing out, I'm just going to keep it in the show notes. It'll be there if you need it. 
but I think everyone is here for the same reason. We're all into true crime, and I think we can all agree that you should probably expect there to be some gruesome details. Yeah, I, I, I'm never, I've never done that, so I'm with you. I 100% agree. I mean, I, I include my stuff in the trigger warnings, but that's all. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just keep it in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Um, we also posted in our Facebook group tonight our new logo that we're going to be working with. Um, Sarah was having some fun with some AI art generator things this week, and it came up with this really fucking and- cool... Yeah, so it spit out like this sick looking skull thing with like this purple and orange and pink and navy and it's just so beautiful. So we hope you all like it. We plan on using it in the future. Um, While we're taking our break, we'll get some things um, lined up. We're going to make some changes. So don't forget we have a break starting March until March 21st. So we're taking two weeks off. Yep. Yeah. It's well, it's roughly three Three weeks. weeks. Truly. But we'll post again on March 21st, so um, you'll be without us for 21 days, but then you're going to get us back, and we're going to have lots of things prepared. We're going to have a new intro, a new outro. Yep. We're going to kind of re-record, make things a little smoother, and uh, there's going to be, like we said, less trigger warnings. I'm also uh, not going to put a warning in for my parents anymore, like, I so- uh, I just want y'all to approach it with a, I might not want to hear what happens in the chit chat perspective and just understand I'm an adult. So heads up, Dan and Jody. Yeah. Watch out. Watch out. I'm just kidding. We rarely talk about things that are going to upset you. Yeah. The other new thing that Samantha has been doing that I'm obsessed with is fucking baking, you guys. Oh my God. I love baking. I really do. And I just don't make time for it. But this past week, oh my God. She has been. And yes. I'm so happy about it. Yes. So I made homemade bagels a few weeks ago, like from scratch was so much fun. And I was like, I want to make those for when I go into the office next. And then I started following this woman on TikTok. I believe her name is Kayla. Um, if I remember, I will link her in the show notes. But Kayla makes bread. Like, I don't know if she does this weekly, daily, whatever. She has a ton of videos. And I went through, obviously, like a lot of her back catalog. Because rabbit hole? Yeah. She always makes, she makes a big thing of dough in her bread maker. And then she punches it down and she splits it up into like three. And so a third gets set aside and she makes a babka out of that. But then she also makes two challah loaves. And so those are cool and they have like a five braid. And I'm probably not going to do that right now. However. The babka, guys. The babka. Or as BJ calls it, the bombka. And he doesn't even do it on purpose. No, he's like, what's that bombka, bombda, that thing you made? Bobka. Last night I finished it. It came out of the oven at like 9.15. And we like instantly tore pieces off and I just sat there and waited for it. I was like, this looks so good. But, oh my God, it was basically gone last night there were two small servings left today and sarah and i made sure that those don't exist anymore yeah they were so good so good oh my gosh so i'm absolutely making babka again i'm gonna bring some into the office when i go in on wednesday i'm so excited but it takes forever like it's gonna take me almost all of my afternoon like evening tomorrow because of how long things have to prove and like i have free time obviously while it proves but still but it's just 
you just love the kneading part. That's your favorite. I do. I love kneading the bread. Like it's really, you know, it's tactile. I feel like I'm accomplishing something. Like, I know. Like you have a stand mixer and you're still. I know. Like- I do. That's so ridiculous. Like I just bought this stand mixer like this year and I'm now like, well, you know, I can knead it. I would like to knead it. Like, for me, that's more like cakes, cookies, whatever type oh. deal. But, like, for bread, I want to do that myself. Like, oh. that's a proud, like, accomplishment moment I want to sweat. Me. That's what I did. I started sweating yeah, I last know. night making just the one babka, and I'm going to do two tomorrow. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a lot. But, honestly, I probably should need them at separate times. I know we talked about, like, you helping with the kneading for one since I'm doing two. But I probably should do it separately because then they're going to time out a little bit separately while I put them together and the dough proves at different times. So I probably should just have that separation of time. I'm totally fine not helping you. It's Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I'm really excited. I want to make like a fruit one and like a chocolatey one tomorrow. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. I have some good news. Yes. What is it, Sarah? I may have found a house. We are probably finishing and putting down this, uh, the deposit on Wednesday, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I'm super excited. I'm so excited for you guys, too. It's much better than an apartment. Yes. I will never live in an apartment again with two dogs. Yeah, no, never. that's hard. Or a growing child. Yeah. Like, when he was a baby, that was fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But... He has too much energy to be like, no, you can't yell. Like, yeah, like we have neighbors, neighbors. you have to be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. And they could obviously hear us, as we talked about in that shithole episode. The lady heard me in the bathroom yelling. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, that's awful. But yeah, that is so exciting. And I know that you guys have, like, want your own space and, like, as much fun as our two month long sleepover has been. Yeah, I want Jackson to have, like, all of his stuff back. And his own room. Yeah, he just, he needs his stuff. Yeah. He gets bored real easy. Yeah, it's tough to have to tell a four-year-old every day, like, sorry, no, we can't go get that one toy you want. It's packed right now. It's in the middle of nowhere. Who knows where the fuck that is? Yeah, like, everything's in the garage, so unless it's on the outer edge, you're not getting it. Yeah, I'm super excited that I got a new fridge, though. Yes! Oh, my God, that fridge. That was just, like, kismet. Like, everything lined up yesterday. It did. Other than I'm never going grocery shopping on a Sunday again, guys. Oh, that was horrible. So many people at Costco, I was like, this is hell. This yeah. is, like, we had to go back through the store because we didn't want to check out. Yeah. It looked so like checkout was going to be, like, a 30-minute process. And I was like, I don't know if I can mentally stand in line for 30 minutes with people. So we just went back through the aisles. We're like... Yeah, we'll see what else we have. Like, separated into two carts and went wandering. And then she, Samantha was looking at trees, and I saw an opening to check out. And I was like, bye! <laughs> yep, and I stayed. check out. I stayed and got a tree. A lime tree, guys. Yes. I'm pumped. I know it won't, it won't fruit for a few years, but... And it can't be outside. I know. I really got to figure that part out. I guess I can just cover it like my neighbors did, you know, to protect it from frost. Yeah. Those trees in their backyard. Can you see that? 
Yes, I can. Okay, great. I'm short. I'm not that short. I know, but like, there's some things that I think you should be able to see based on your height. And you're like, bitch, I can't see that. I'm too short. So I never know. I'd like to ask. That's valid. My dad saw an animal in the tree the other day and he's like, do you see that? What the fuck is that? That's too big to be a squirrel. I'm like, dad, I can't see shit. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? It's right there. And I was like, cool. Like, I don't see, I can't see it. Yeah. He's like, then stand up because we were sitting. And I was like, hmm, now you're asking me to do things. And he's like, just stand the fuck up. Please figure out what this is for me. Right. And then he told me there are certain foxes that can climb trees. I don't remember the type. Hmm. I mean, I guess that makes sense. They are essentially like a cat dog. A cat dog? I mean, they have attributes of cats and attributes of dogs. So really, I've never known that they had attributes of cats even... I mean, they're fluffier than dogs. They got a big fluffy tail. So is your dog. No, her tail is long. My dog. What dog? The little one. He, that is long. That is long hair, not floofy. I mean, like, poof out like a bottle brush, like a cat when they're scared. Oh, yeah. By the way, they're called, they're gray foxes. Gray foxes can climb trees. They're the ones that can climb fucking trees. Because they have learning so much today, Sarah. They have rotating wrists. Like we do. And retractable claws that help them climb high to the den, forage, and escape predators. Yeah, I don't know what it means by rotating wrists. I really hope it means just, like, ours, not, like... I'm sure because a dog can't do this. Valid. Right? Like they, their, hers don't go side to side. They only, they only go up and down. So you think it's more like, Mm -hmm. like Like a side to side so they can like wrap around something. Oh God. I want to see one now. I'm going to watch a video later. (laughs) (laughs) What a tangent. Yep. Started at Costco, ended on foxes. Well, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like when you have ADHD and two friends with ADHD. Yeah. Congrats. You guys should hear our conversations when we don't edit them. Oh, my word. That's something we should work on during break is getting our bloopers real, like ready to publish. Oh, it's hilarious. It is so funny. Just a quick preview. Something I do a lot, and it's embarrassing as fuck, is instead of saying indicted like a normal person, I say indicted. That's not a word, guys. I mean, a lot. And I know it's indicted. I know that. I know that. And yet, indicted still comes out of my goddamn mouth. Yeah. It pisses me off so bad. Hey, last time you didn't say indicted. No, I said something else stupid. Indicated. There you go. (laughs) I was like, damn it. It was very good. So, that's just an idea of what you'll kind of hear. It'll be funny. You'll laugh. And if you don't. Fuck that you. sucks. <laughs> fuck you. I was going to say that sucks for you, and you said fuck you. So. We're funny. Laugh. Yeah. We're hilarious. Hilarious. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next week for the final episode of Couples Who Kill, Volume 4. four. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, bye. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Doom Crew Podcast. We now have a Patreon. You can find us as The Doom Crew Podcast. We have three different levels. All right. For $1 per month, you can participate on the manslaughter level, 
And at that level, you get to participate in polls that help determine future content. We also have level two, which is $3 per month, and that's our second degree murder level. So you're going to get to participate in those polls still, but you can also ask us personal questions that we answer on air, and we will read your name out loud on our podcast. Level three is $5 a month. That is our first degree murder level. On top of all of the incredible benefits I already told you, you'll get to join us for a monthly Zoom call. We appreciate all of your support on all of our platforms. Thank you so, so much for listening. Now a message from our biggest supporter and our smallest fan, my little man. Take it away, Jack. Thank you for listening to Cheryl and Samantha. Thank you, Like and subscribe. Please leave a five-star review. Thank you.